Welcome to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where romance-loving pals recap smooching books and movies while giggling and sometimes falling in love with cartoon characters. Listen, it happens. Tonight is the night. We are having our Patreon-only book club with Sarah McLean. At 8 p.m., we're hanging out and chatting about Heartbreaker and really anything else patrons desire. And Naima Simone and I are back recapping episodes three and four of Prime's new show, The One That Got Away. We're on a mission to make Naima best friends with Anthony because it's fate, I think. And we're possibly making headway. But today, we have another famous celebrity here. Sally Thorne joined Sarah and I to recap Howl's Moving Castle. Once again, she comes in with an unexpected treasure, both the movie and her new book. So Angelica Frankenstein Makes Her Match comes out on September 6th, and you can pre-order it now through The Ripped Bodice. I'll definitely put the link in the show notes because when you pre-order through them, you get a signed book plate, postcard, and bookmark. Plus, you're grandfathered in for Sally's launch event with Christina Lauren. It's a virtual spooky slumber party, so like, don't delay. Okay, here's the recap. The koala mafia. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> they will break your kneecaps. It's true. Well, it's true. <laughs> Sally, I'm so glad you're back. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I always have so much fun talking nonsense with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm thrilled to be joining you. I am going to try to be chill. But Sally, I finished the hating game. I read the last word of the last chapter and I flipped to the front and I read it straight through again immediately. I've never done that before or since. I love you. I love that book. Okay, I'm done. We can be normal people now. We can be, we can just be talking about hell. But I just had to tell you. It was brilliant and perfect and I loved it. That is an extremely high con uh, compliment for me, a reread. It's like feeling like I've just been handed a gold medal at the, book, at the book Olympics. So thank you. I've yeah. pinned it on your lapel. It's yes, please. <laughs> yeah. And a 99% mine just got me through a, a bit of a rough time. So thanks for that, man. I appreciate Aww. it. You guys, thank the you so much. The reread of 99% mine. <laughs> uh, my little yellow baby. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, and you've got a new baby that you're about to bring into the world. I do. And I've heard I've... she's feisty. She's a, she's an old baby, really, because this is a historical. You're right. She has an old soul. She's very <laughs> old. She's old. She's creepy. It's cobbled together. It's sewn, sewn together um, in the dead of night. But precise, delicate stitches. Mm. Absolutely. How I like to roll. Um, That's the only <laughs> way you can do it. Yes. Um, the book is called angelica frankenstein makes her match um Yay. she and yes she does she literally makes her match from scratch from the morgue <gasps> from parts um because why not <laughs> i love it oh my god i love it so yes. much this was my weird um covid book where i was in lockdown and i i was like uh what what am i gonna write about and then i kind of turned around in my chair and you guys can mm. see behind me here is my doll <laughs> this is my dollhouse yes um, 
This is Blackthorn Manor, and um, you've got to take inspiration where you can find it. So mm-hmm. I, uh, the book is set in in my dollhouse. Uh, it's a, a full-sized real house in the book, but yeah, I'm just so glad to have woven in one of my obsessions in with my book, and I hope everyone likes it. It's very different oh. to The Hating Game, but, I mean, came out of the same brain, so yeah. here's hoping everyone well- likes it too. <laughs> What I love is it's so different from what people would expect from you, but the 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 snap is there and the sparkle yes. that Sally's sparkle is in the dialogue uh, and it's in the the characterization and it is uh, you couldn't plop them down into a hating game setting obviously, but it's it's a you book. It's mm-hmm. very much there. So I think even people who don't do supernatural or historical or gothic or anything, if they like your work, they're gonna like this book. Yeah, because it's it's still you shine through. So, ah, well, thank you. That's all I'm hoping uh, <laughs> that you can hear, you know, as we're talking in the podcast, you can hear what I sound like. I sound the same in my books. Hopefully if you ever meet me, you're, you're fairly confident that I did write those books. Um, so yeah, you just, <laughs> you just have to hope that your voice can kind of carry through in whatever you write. And I'm just relieved that the publisher, they, they, they took it and they went, oh, okay then. All right. <laughs> let's let's do this with I love it I love it how did you approach them with it did you have to hem and haw and say okay hear me out have some tea sit down right right (laughs) let me rub your feet or was it just a straight up here's what I've got I think um it was it was a here's what I got um the same way that I wrote the hating game I wrote it all the way through I didn't know if anyone wanted to read this and I just said look I finished this manuscript I really don't know if it's anything that you guys would want to publish, but mm-hmm. I wrote it and um, as I just really hoped that it was so good they couldn't say no. And, and I think it maybe, was. <laughs> well, I hope Huzzah! so. And I, yeah. And I think maybe a lot of people wrote a um, unexpected book during COVID lockdown. So um, I think we've got a lot of really creative, interesting books coming up in our future. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm I'm a contemporary romance author and I wrote an alien book yeah we just we yeah. just we went places we went we did not want to be where we were and so you went to the future or I went to the future you went to the past it's yeah 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 I mean book that's what is so great about reading and it's also what's so great about being an author and writing that you can just really uh just pick a spot you can pick a spot on the map and in the big wheel of time and you can just, I mean, I wrote fan fiction. That's what this book is. It's Frankenstein fan fiction, mm-hmm. um, taking me back to my roots, um, <laughs> from back in my twilight fan fiction days. It's, I just imagine, I love imagining that. I love imagining imaginary characters that were there all along. Like why, why didn't mm. he have a sister that was helping him with his, yeah. um, reanimation experiments and of course she's lonely and of course it just gradually seems to be a good idea to make a date uh-huh <laughs> uh, well so, and of course yeah. her her intelligence and her drive would be off-putting to the men in the village you know of course she'd be overlooked and a spinster at 24 so absolutely yeah, it's it's great to give her another shot at that and yeah. I love that her her quote unquote monster is sentient, like the original Frankenstein's monster. It makes me so happy because in so many it, like not yeah. this isn't an adaptation, but in so many adaptations they end up being like, and he he wasn't like that in in Shelley's text. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. The original character is thoughtful and has a lot of observations on human nature. And Mm -hmm. my character, when he sits up and he's alive, so Mm -hmm. to speak, you know, he's got a very high ethical standards and a a strong moral compass. He just doesn't know. He has no memory. Uh, So I've always enjoyed amnesia books as a trope. Mm -hmm. And I really vastly underestimated how difficult they are to write, especially when none of the (gasps) other characters know who they are either. Oh. Um, it's like difficulty level 11 for me (laughs) Um, so so they all have they all have to work out who he is and you know uh uh, he's even f- sometimes fighting with his own body because his body likes Angelica very, very much. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, he's he tries to stay focused in his mind, and he wants to know: Does he has he has he left a family behind? Has he got orphaned kids that are struggling? And you know, mm-hmm. she's Angelica's reluctant. She was really hoping that she would just um, bring him a few breakfast in beds, and they'd fall in love. Yeah, <laughs> um, but she goes and That's helps. That's how him I like and- to do it too. So I don't blame her. <laughs> it's it's the it was the ideal outcome but that would have been a very short story so (laughs) I just love how literal you made that so often in romance you've got the I know this person isn't what I need or think I want but my body wants him or her anyway and this was a literal thing my my brain literally is saying no but the rest of me says yes and so I just I love the the way you made that explicit and and very much on the page (laughs) <laughs> yes, it was um it was challenging in so many different ways to write um and especially because I'm not an expert in that time period. I had to google pretty much every single word in that book. I googled like did candles exist? <laughs> did windows exist? <laughs> did buttons exist? Everything that was in the book, I googled it and I want you to know that every single google created a 25 minute um, detour from working on this. I can only yes, imagine. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it was, um, copy edited. Um, went, someone went through it three times, finding all of the mistakes and saying, you know, you've said they look out of the window in the carriage, but windows weren't in carriages at this time. And I'm no. like, <laughs> <"Just help me." laughs> I invent them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I just hope that all of the Frankenstein, um, experts who did their um, thesis in this book don't come for me. I hope that people that are experts in Salisbury, England in 1814 don't come for me. Just just appreciate just like that I was stuck out. in a room. Let me have my fun. Yeah, absolutely. Some, some, doctoral, some doctoral candidate out there in an the English department is like, this is my time to shine. I have my red <laughs> pen and I have this art. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Please know that I will never read your email. As long as they're <laughs> quiet about it, I feel like they can have a great time and then just never say a word. You know, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just enjoy things the for what they books. are. <laughs> yeah. Just read it for what it is. Um, and that is my my plea to anyone reading just yeah just it is what it is Um, well and so you take us on a brand new wild ride with Angelica um and then you emailed me and you were like I'm gonna take you on an extra extra wild ride with the movie this week and Sally I cannot tell you how thankful I am that I finally got to watch this movie because I've seen Kiki's Delivery Service and Princess Mononoke and 
like there's a couple that are like in the TBR. Spirited away. Yeah. Spirited away. Yep. 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 Um, but I haven't watched this one yet. And I think it might be my favorite. It's so good. It's, um, we're talking about Howl's Moving Castle. That's um, the one. And, uh, it's actually one of my favorite movies. I have a huge framed post, uh, movie poster in my hallway. And Howl is one of my, um, absolute, book boyfriends because um this is based on a book by diana Wynne jones um mm. i'm holding it up now because um the book is the book that i wish that i could have written and hal is a ridiculous person uh and he's so gorgeous oh my and god i just can't wait to talk about him this is yeah. this is my time to shine absolutely <laughs> and he's such an unexpected swoon and christian bale reach right into my body and put tingles places that you know I don't know that I should talk about I know the line that I know the line that did that to you too (laughs) tell me tell me that's my girl that's the one yes oh Oh my god (laughs) Sally I got chills and my children were in the room because (laughs) I let them watch the first half oh if Christian Bale's Batman had sounded like that I, I I don't I don't even I don't know what I would have done. Thank no, goodness just, he I became a caricature. <laughs> so normally I'm a little bit of a snob that I like to listen to the um like original um audio for movies that are foreign movies. So mm-hmm. and ordinarily I would, you know, I would watch it in Japanese, but for some reason I just give this movie a pass because I think that the voice acting in this um English dub is just so beautiful. And Christian Bale just he honestly, he slithers his way into your ear. Oh my gosh. Slither out. It's just, oh, uh, like, it's just too good. Well, it's and Emily good. Mortimer, she has, oh. I can't believe she hasn't done more voice acting because her voice is just like the sweetest butter. Mm. I don't know. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. It's, so it's beautiful. Howl's Moving Castle, we should jump in because there's so much and we have to talk about every moment. Oh no. Yes. Every moment. Okay. So (laughs) we meet Sophie and she's a hat maker and, um, she's making hats and like, there are ladies out in the parlor and they're like, Oh, we're going to titter. And then we're going to do fun things. But then they see (laughs) off in the distance, Howl's castle. And they're like, is he coming to town? I heard he ate a lady's heart. Oh, what are we going to do? I might swoon. And then they leave and she's like, cool, cool, cool. Just sitting here making hats because I'm yeah. Sophie it's, and I'm It's business. relatable, isn't it? Like, you know, you're the one person in the office doing some work while everyone else. <laughs> like it's Friday afternoon, clearly in that hat shop, I feel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and even worse, her she tries to look out her window even and she can't see past the the cloud and the the. Mm-hmm. industrial pollution she can't even get a glimpse from where she's toiling away although i will say this movie did make me think i should get into hats more Ooh, than i am because yeah. her hats were yes not tacky at all which no is coming how shortly, dare you how dare <laughs> how dare everyone? yeah she's she's doing the work she is um i'm i'm also into hats hats are a big takeaway from this movie where you think mm-hmm. you know what yeah i should yeah. A Maybe hat with a two cannons on it. On it. Too. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Definitely. I mean, we're, we're all bringing hats back this fall mm-hmm. and 
she works in she works in her parents hat shop her surname is literally hatter she's sophie hatter Mm -hmm. um so like she's probably really glad that her parents you know don't work down at like the abattoir or something like that (laughs) (laughs) sophie Um, blood and guts doesn't have the same ring no it's true (laughs) it's true so true (laughs) so she she closes up shop doesn't she and she decides she's going to go and visit her sister so she has this travel through town and what I love about this movie is I've probably honestly seen this movie maybe 15 times Mm -hmm. Um, it's my comfort movie and I put it on in the background and every single time I watch it I see something new and that is just such a hallmark of Miyazaki's uh, like style that it's just so intricately detailed every single frame and it's overwhelming and it's on purpose you know you're supposed to feel overwhelmed in this busy um, city and something's going on in the background. We can understand that something's happening. There's lots of soldiers marching around, mm-hmm. and um, Sophie goes and visits her beautiful sister. Wasn't she just gorgeous? Gorgeous. But Lottie. on the way, on the way, she gets um, sort of, you know, almost accosted by two soldiers who are like, "Oh, oh yes. what are you doing over here?" And then a man comes out of the mist. And he's got blonde hair and he's wearing a jacket on his shoulders, but not his arms. And I didn't know I was attracted to that. You're going you're gonna to learn a lot. He pulls it off. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> and so many things you're like, okay, then. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he's got dangle and, earrings. I guess I'm I, into big green earrings now. I know. I didn't know that. I'm going to I'm going to have a really weird talk with Michael later. We'll see how it goes. You know what I Actually, mean? Actually, if you go on to Etsy, you can buy people make his earrings and his, his ring. Yes. <laughs> Let's oh all get them. Gosh. Yes, please. <laughs> okay, so he he comes in and he's like, "I'm her escort for the whatever." And oh, thank goodness I found I've been you. Looking I've been for looking for you everywhere. Like and that. he has been. Yeah. You're correct, Howell. I don't think you know it right now, but you have been looking for her for forever. <sighs> so <laughs> they walk around and he's like, "Act totally natural. I'm being followed." And like, mm. what? Like, mm. I feel like I wasn't given the opportunity to really ponder just how super weird that would be if like somebody saves you, but then they're like, now I'm going to stick you immediately into another intrigue. Like, dude. And then oozing blob men start coming out of walls. And they're not only, they're not only these oozing blob men, but they're also wearing like straw top hats. They were the most dapper sea lion yeah. Demon things I've yeah. ever seen. They were adorable. <laughs> every every threatening monster should have a little straw hat. Looks I like know. they're in a barbershop quartet. Perfect. And, and honestly, most of the threatening monsters in this movie is wearing some sort of straw hat. It's incredible. I mean, did Sophie make all these hats? I feel like she are had they, to have, right? Are they from their outlet store down near the train <laughs> station or something? Monster you know who it is? It's Janet who's doing the knockoffs of the Hatter Shop. Oh, and they've hit Janet. her with cease and desist, and she's still doing it. She'll uh-huh, sell it to anybody. Uh-huh. Can't stop, won't stop, Janet. Oh boy. <laughs> so can you imagine walking arm in arm with Hal down an alleyway? Oh, God. I mean, if those who have read the book. One of the things that Diana Wynne Jones really hammers home is that he smells incredible and oh, he douses mm. himself with 
scent. And so he walks around in an absolute cloud of like hyacinth and, you know, everywhere he goes, he basically leaves this perfume cloud behind him. And it's just, I always imagine that too, when I'm watching. So please read the the book is, the book is just like, if you love this movie, the book is next level. It, it gives you so much more juice and Mm -hmm. so much more romantic moments and, uh, yeah. Anyhow. Well, and I also sit it, silently and read. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to be quiet for the next five hours. Mm-hmm. Start with chapter one and we'll just. Sally needs to read. <laughs> um, that's right. what, what I, what I enjoyed, and I know Sally, you'll appreciate this as uh, you know, your fanfic roots here, but it's, it's very much Edward Cullen screeching up in the car and saying, get in, right. It's that same kind oh. of rescue her from that situation. What a great way to endear a hero to the audience, to the the heroine. It's just, it's the same kind of alone in an alley with yeah. creepy, creepy dudes. I, I guess like until you didn't have dapper hat demons, but. Well, you know, did Kellen Lutz ever wear some hats? I feel like he might have worn like a like a little hat with his white jeans sort of mm. combo. Definitely mm-hmm. during Vampire Baseball, everybody had hats. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, oh, on those wigs. No, but you know what Edward Cullen didn't do? He did not start walking into the air with True. Bella because yeah. he's just he's not like, a wizard. Yeah, he's just he just starts walking and he's like just just look normal. Like just walk straight, straighten your legs. Just yeah. walk, just, just walk. walk in the air. And it's the first of many times that Sophie is completely chill. Oh, these yeah. things are happening to her and she is just rolling with it. What oh, a yeah. champ. That's what I like about her. She's just like something happens and she just looks at it and she's like, okay, then, and then this just is my reality now. gets on with it. Yeah. She's very <laughs> stoic, very stoic character. So even when she's hand in hand walking through the air with a gorgeous blonde wizard Mm -hmm. she's already come to terms with it and is doing it very well she's a very competent person I I think she's just a great character yeah most definitely and she's so competent that he does murmur into her ear you're a natural and I also had pants feelings about that uh just to be totally transparent I mean, you would, you'd have to be dead and buried not to, Thank um, you. I challenge anyone to not have sort of interesting feelings throughout this entire movie. It's confusing to be attracted to like an animated character, but sure, sure. Um, just like Sophie, you've just got to, just got to go with it, you know, straighten your legs and just walk it out. I carried on <laughs> a- and I prevailed, you know? I'm the Disney Robin Hood Fox generation. So I've, I've wrestled with that. I, I understand you too, apparently are as well. We, we, we embraced it. it early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then he lands her on a balcony and he says, that's my girl. And I nearly died. I knew it. I knew you would. Oh I knew my you- God. This is why I picked this movie just pretty much <laughs> for that moment. How oh. many times around the world have people rewound that bit like 20 to 30 times? It's just, it's honestly, it's one of the greatest moments in cinema uh-huh. uh, and voice and voice acting and voice acting. Absolutely. And animation probs. I'll, I'll give my, it to him. That's my girl. He's, no. just like, he's, so, he's so proud. He's so a- admiring. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's going to be back. That's the thing. He's like, it has a very see soon as he flies backwards with his um, amazing coat flapping in the breeze. And then he's gone and she's left to stand there thinking what just happened. 
I just met, I met this scary howl that all the girls in my hat shop were saying eats hearts, but he didn't eat her heart. So she assumes that he only eats really pretty girls' hearts, which is sad. I know. Yeah. It's really sad. I mean, like this is a real journey of um, self-esteem and self-confidence, this Mm -hmm. movie. And, um, you know, I think, I think that she's already gorgeous, but we'll get there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Hey, HBs. I started an Etsy store. Did you know? Right now, it's full of all the St. Vincent items you need because St. Vincent is thoughtful and cozy all year round. We've got a book sleeve to keep your books, planners, e-readers, or really anything else safe when you're on the go. The inside is fuzzy and they feel so incredibly lush in your hands. I went round and round with the manufacturers to make sure I had just the right thickness. Those feature art of St. Vincent and Evie during their carriage adventure that was painted by the amazing Mayara Faraz on one side, and then I created a St. Vincent would always wreath on the other side that has a bunch of little Easter egg items in it. There's a St. Vincent would always warm brick enamel pin. It's like, you know, if you know, you know. I designed a special edition marriage of convenience candle that is specific to Devil in Winter with the help of HB Jen at Post Pouring Company. It combines dark amber for St. Vincent and rosewood for Evie. And it smells so delicious. It's hard to even wrap my brain around. So if you want to treat yourself or be the St. Vincent you want to see in the world by getting a care package for a friend, check out our Etsy store. The link is in the show notes. So she goes and she sees her very like traditionally pretty sister. And that's, I'm sure where she gets so many of her hangups because let's review her mom also sucks. Yeah. Her mom's really hot though. Her mom, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful family and she's sort of the mousy, the mousy little one. Um, that's yeah. how she views herself. Hmm. Yeah. And she says, that family I is not afraid of a bold eyeliner. They just really, yeah. Oh, indeed. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after that, she goes back to her house. It's nighttime now. And we've been hearing about this, this witch of the waste and like how the wizards are so the witches and the wizards are dangerous and it's scary town. And she walks into her hat shop slash home and this woman like opens the door and follows her in. She's like, oh, I'm sorry, we're closed. And then what does the witch say that's like rude AF? She calls her tacky. She She calls her tacky. The hats and her and the shop and it's terrible. Yeah. Mm. It's very Mm. rude. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you just you have to leave now, please, here's the door. Goodbye. (laughs) And yeah. As- and it's a fist pump moment because, you know, this, this intruder looks incredibly wealthy. She could probably buy every hat in there, but oh, yeah. she was rude. And I like seeing Sophie stand up for herself like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as she goes by, there's like a gust of wind. And then all you see is the frame of the witch of the waste turn around and say, the best part about that curse is that you can't tell anyone. And then she leaves door closed. And then she says something like regards to Hal, doesn't that's she? The one. Yeah. So we, we get the feeling that she has observed Sophie and Hal doing their little 
skywalking tiptoe hand in hand and this is now retaliation so Mm -hmm. um I think we're now at the point where Sophie looks in the mirror and realizes that she's an elderly lady and there's a few moments of shock but then in typical Sophie fashion she really gets around it she thinks well I already felt old it's true my and outsides my, match my insides. My other favorite part, because I have changed since becoming a mother. And one of those things is when somebody says my tummy hurts, the first thing I say is, well, do you have to poop? And then if somebody <laughs> is really like, if something goes wrong, I'm just like, you know what? You should probably sleep on it and it'll look better when you wake up. And that's exactly what Sophie does. She's just like, <laughs> you know what? I'm just, I just got to go to bed is what I have to do. And maybe this will be gone by the time I wake up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Alas, no, no, she wakes up and someone from her family knocks on her door and she pretends she has a cold. And then she looks in the mirror and she's still old. And, mm-hmm. but she just, just within 20 seconds of waking up, she's like, oh, well, <laughs> this Again. is life now. Yeah. Rolling with it. I, I would never, if, if I was 90 overnight, I would never leave bed. That's bed is where I live now. But <laughs> Sophie's just like, well, going to fix this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would have, t- I would have been honest with my whole family. I would have just been like cursed by witch and they would have gone, well, sure. Yeah. I mean, we know there's heaps of witches out there. So right. we understand, but she, she decides kind of like in a sort of way that she thinks, well, I guess I better go and sort this out. So she puts on a little shawl and she puts a block of cheese and a loaf of bread in a, one of those little um, little pouches, you know, yeah. that you put over your shoulder. And uh-huh. she, she heads off up the hill, I guess, to find Hal. You know, I guess she's been left with that clue, my regards to Hal. So I suppose it's logical you would try to find the only wizard you've ever met. Right. Well, and added you onto the, a balcony. The wastes are where the witches and wizards live. So, like, if she doesn't stumble upon Hal, she might meet somebody might else a, who can fix another her. one. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. But um, instead, she does see a walking stick sticking out of a bush, and she heaves and hoes on that walking stick until finally a scarecrow pops out. And then she stands it up and she's like, well, that didn't go how I wanted it to. And, but then the scarecrow like animates itself. It's animated now Mm. and it's popping along behind her. It's like, it like jumps on its pole. Oh my God. And I love that she gives it a piece of her mind and says, you've got a turnip for a head. That is not my favorite vegetable, but I'll allow this. (laughs) I think she wouldn't have said that when she was younger too. I think she's already feeling that old lady fantasy where you just say whatever you want oh. to and you don't you, you don't try to filter yourself anymore I, I old looks really good on her you know oh, in a yeah. lot of ways old is so freeing for her and it's so I'm, I feel like I'm jumping ahead it's so interesting to contrast that witch with the the witch of the waste the way yeah. her aging and her elderly presentation is so different than Sophie's the way it frees Sophie and it just sort of traps the witch but we're not there mm. yet. But no, I no, just totally. I love of the two different kinds of of ways to be old, ways to be a crone. You know? Yeah, mm. yeah, mm. absolutely. But then the scarecrow starts doing sweet things, like bringing her a cane, and she's like, "Oh wow, okay, could you run along and maybe find me somewhere to sleep?" And it goes hopping away, and she's like, <laughs> "I'm so clever in my old age," and she keeps trucking up that hill, but. 
think like a while later, there's gusts of wind. It's cold. It's, you know, she's miserable. And the scarecrow comes up with the moving castle. Mm-hmm. It like leads, oh, it like leads the castle to Sophie. And then she manages to get in. And suddenly she's in the bowels of Howl's moving castle. Ah, it's so cool. And the movie like really gets us there pretty quickly. I mean, we've mm. taken a while to set it all up, but you know, she's old and she's in that castle really before you've been able to take the first sip of your hot drink, you know, it's very quick and, uh, yeah, it's what a total dump it is inside. I don't know oh what you God. guys are expecting, but well, it's we very messy. We haven't said enough about the outside of the castle, though. The way oh yeah, the Studio Julie made this personified and friendly and weird and magical and lovely. I just, how do you make this mess of a castle so welcoming, but also give it four chicken feet? How does it all work together? Yeah. Shouldn't it does. And like steampunk a little bit. Yeah. oh yeah very like it's much got some so. steampunk going on i don't know it yeah. smiled at me several times and i just i wanted to hug it and, and be in it and and it had yeah. that floppy metal tongue in the front that's so cute oh my god it's, just from an animation point of view the fact that it gleams like iridescent rainbow on the mm-hmm. metal it's just mm-hmm. it's like the whole movie is the most incredible piece of art and um Again, you could watch this 10 times and you could see something new every time on that castle. But um, I think when Diana Wynne-Jones came up with the idea for this book, she said that she'd um, met a small child at a book signing and asked him, you know, if you could read a book about anything, what would it be? And he said, um, a castle that can move. And that was her inspiration for this. So shout out to that little boy there somewhere, you know, yeah, it's gorgeous. And I love the interpretation in the movie um, as well. Like the book, you can sort of uh, imagine it a little bit more, but this is all Miyazaki's, you know, incredible mind. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, mm. absolutely. So then she meets a flame. He is a, he's trying to convince her that he's a big, scary fire demon. Oh, <laughs> she has a plushie. She has a plushie. I've got a little calcifer plushie, uh, course, <laughs> just casually here on my desk. That yes, he's a flame, so a fire demon. He's in the fireplace, uh, and he wants and to make a Billy deal. Crystal, and he's perfect. <laughs> oh my god! And like here, I was sitting in my chair, and I don't know what this. I mean, everybody knows that I don't know names, but I was thinking, is that Patton Oswalt? No, it's the Patton Oswalt of the '90s, and I couldn't figure out who that was. And then I realized it was Billy Crystal. (laughs) Yeah. So that was my journey that I went on. Anyway. Yes. You got there. So he's like, if you break my curse, then I'll figure out a way to break your curse because like I'm connected to Howl and I'm trapped here and I just want my freedom. Right. Basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think he also can't talk about the specific terms of his curse. So um, really they're two birds of a feather uh, and it makes sense. Let's work together. So Sophie says, sure, why not? I'll help you little, little man in the fireplace. No worries. Mm -hmm. But first (gasps) this place is a bit of a mess. Oh my God. It is a, it's a mess. I think she falls asleep first before she, so she, she sits down by the fire and she thinks to herself, I'll tidy up in the morning. Mm -hmm. Who wakes her up in the morning? (gasps) Little Markle. I love Markle. 
Where does oh, Markle so come from? What is a Markle? What's his story? Is he okay? Where are his parents? I, there, there are questions there. And there are- <laughs> seriously, I mean, the whole, this whole movie is about people that don't want to grow up. Um, Mm -hmm. or are stuck in the incorrect age for their body Mm -hmm. Um, and they've all been forced to live under one roof Um, and so Markle spends a lot of his time he must be only eight years old but he spends most of his time pretending to be an old guy um, and working for Hal and selling his spells Um, Mm -hmm. so we don't get much backstory at all about him but um, no but he's pint-sized and he's there to practice his magic and he's shockingly responsible love him yeah yeah he's great um also so, rolls with the punches does markle yeah like you come home as an old to. lady there Fair. <laughs> yeah yeah oh we're gonna do laundry now okay let's do it i sure. love that when sophie got out of bed every vertebrate in her spine cracked and i felt that i felt that <laughs> deep in my body mm-hmm. as she did that. this movie is so relatable like <laughs> So much of it, so much of it is based, like it's a really fantastical setting and they're in a a moving castle that has chicken legs, but really Mm -hmm. it's a film about like domestic pleasures as well. And about creating your own family and about having a community and um, being needed by other people. Facing your responsibilities, you know, so much of Mm -hmm. Howell's conflict avoidance drives a lot of this middle section. So Mm -hmm growing up or, or, or being the age that you are. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, a lot of that community and coming together and, and it's not one person who changes, it's all of them. And they all change for the better by the end. Yeah. Again, yeah. Jumping ahead. Yeah. But- Cause I also think it's about like the lengths you go to in order to like, you know, not face whatever it is, responsibilities or the future or whatever, because I mean, the, the castle's like basically a manifestation of, you know, his avoidance. He's just like, no, 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 we, we go places, we run away, we're fine. Yeah, so very well put. Speaking of Howell, he comes in and she's cooking breakfast, which is apparently impossible because Calcifer only listens to Howell, period, the end. So Howell comes in and he's like, oh, hello who are you? You're making Calcifer listen. This is incredible. And she's like, ha 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 ha. You're, you're the hottest man that I've ever seen. You're that hot man that made me fly. Um, <laughs> I'm your new cleaning lady is what she manages to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if her heart flutters in her chest or whether she feels more elderly, like, you know, that you can still appreciate a beautiful young man, but I have a no thought about you. this in a future scene and let's Ooh. circle back to how she feels about him coming up but i love that this is Ooh. the scene that gives us um ladies he cooks <gasps> he <laughs> because he's cooks. just like move over i'm gonna put the bacon in this pan and yes. i know and his hand kind of covers her hand when he oh. takes the the frying pan handle and he's wearing this fabulous like sort of little ruby ring on his hand oh. he doesn't shy he also wears this beautiful sapphire pendant around his neck mm-hmm. and i didn't know that i was into like blonde men with like the flat bangs and the shoulder length hair. It's a terrible haircut, but but revelations sort of a, like happen. a sort of bo- Bowie kind of vibe where it's mm. like it works on this one particular person. And he has the kind of white puffy shirt at certain times that yeah. that Goblin King Jareth mm. elaborate yeah, totally. Bowie look. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. This is explaining some things about my reaction that I wasn't consciously aware right. of. Right. 
Right. It was just like a little my heart knew. Planted. My pants knew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they sit down at breakfast and he looks at her and he says, so Sophie, what are you hiding in your pocket? And she's like, my pockets is. So she like digs around and she pulls out this note, this red piece of paper. And she's like, I like obviously confused and hands it to him. And he grabs it and drops it. And it immediately lights on fire and burns a rune into the table. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) if the Markle is like, Hey, can you read that boss? (laughs) And he's like, actually I can. (laughs) Yeah. What was the spell for Sally? I can't remember. I think it was a message from the Witch of the Waste. She'd put it in Sophie's pocket. And yes. I don't know if at that point he reveals what it says, but we're getting more and more of a sense that something's happening in the, the bigger world outside than, you know, it's not all just walking around up in the, the hills. There's, you know, some sort of war brewing down And we find out pretty soon that Hal has actually been, he's required to go and report to the palace Mm -hmm. and become a a wizard soldier for their side. But he, that's the main thing that he's avoiding throughout the movie is he wants to avoid reporting for duty. Yeah. Especially to his old, his former mentor, teacher, trainer. Yeah. 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 Can Mm -hmm. I sidebar? I don't know if I, I go down a research rabbit hole with anything that's new to me like this. Uh, because I'm also a college professor and that's what yeah. I do. Um, but Miyazaki added a lot of this war content because of the Iraq war, because this movie comes out in what, 2003, 2004. Yeah. So we've had 9-11, we've had, you know, going to war in Iraq. And so some of the referent material that I saw said the war content, and Sally, I'm going to throw this to you because I've not read the book. It's not as strong in the novels. And so the war part was bumped up in the film in part because he kind of wanted to talk about war and, and how we fight and why we fight and, and the futility and how we can make things better. And it totally, um, But I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, totally to, made to up. It, unnecessary mm-hmm. war that's mm. pretty pretty and on the nose maybe that's apocryphal maybe that is maybe that is information that i you know picked up from sources that were not totally accurate but that is that is what i read that that it's was the iraq yeah. war that kind of drove the the creator of the film to say let's add this a little more prominently than in the book i, I don't know about the specific war but i know that miyazaki is really passionately anti-war mm. and the movie is a anti-war piece you know showing us the futility of it and showing the destruction you know you mentioned earlier the you know plumes of smoke that were coming across Sophie's window you know there's Mm -hmm. a lot of sort of environmental commentary in this movie as well it's Mm -hmm. you know you can you can watch it just for the story and you can also find additional meanings and layers in it just the same way that every frame is so layered and visual and and yeah I think for sure you know Hal's a, a pacifist essentially, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And a coward as well. That's um <laughs> sure. That's that's his cross to bear. He's a coward as well. Yeah, two things but can kind be true. Of not also. I don't yeah, know, exactly. going undercover as a bird and I there's just he's a coward, but he he does what he can in his own way. Again, jumping ahead. Yeah. But he hmm. fights in the way that he knows how or the way that he is palatable to him. Yeah, well, he begins off by thinking that he has to do everything alone and he's kind of tries to be 
you know, everything to everyone. I mean, mm. literally he, they, he, he has a, a door in his castle that can open to four different places mm. and he has a different name in each place that he goes. So he is literally all people to everyone. And yeah, he's trying to um, sabotage the, the war um, effort. You know, he's trying to get those baddies in the little hats, um, yeah. but, but all by himself. And I think we find out throughout the movie, you don't have to be all by yourself. And I love that not only is he avoiding his responsibilities to the palace, but all of his different personalities have been called to the palace, right? He's yeah. Pendragon here and he's the wizard he, he, such and such there. And they all are being called to report to duty to be. And so he's just, he has to shirk this responsibility on behalf of his many personalities. Yeah, yeah that's he's cool. really, he's really he, um, uh, hemmed in. Is that the yeah. phrase I'm looking for? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Ended, in maybe. The, in the book, I think um, the one of the major differences in the book is that he's an absolute womanizer in the book. He oh. is addicted. He's addicted to love, and he uh, sets about his his whole hobby is finding the most beautiful girl in a village and making her fall in love with him. And he can't rest until she falls in love with him. And then he doesn't want her anymore and he leaves. So he does have all these aliases. There's one bit in a, in the movie, in the book, sorry, where they notice that his guitar is gone from the corner of the room. And you're like, of course, he's the kind of guy that would take a guitar uh-huh. to like impress a girl. Like he's the uh-huh. open mic night guy. <laughs> he's the guitar guy at the party. Ooh. He's strumming. He's strumming Wonderwall, but somehow it works <laughs> because all these girls in the village, you know, it's either that or the village guys that we've already seen that a lot of guys really suck in this movie. Like, yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah. So he is made a little bit more um, perfect in the movie, but still works. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. So then she decides that she's going to clean everything. And this is quite the task because even like the fireplace has at least a foot of ash in it. Like everything is just a disaster. And then she like goes over and she sweet talks Calcifer, the little fire demon. And she's like, I love your spark. I've never seen a demon with a, with a better, brighter spark. And it's so cute. Um, <laughs> in case you haven't seen the movie yet, listener, Calcifer is a little is a little flame blob, but then he does have two arms that he uses to like grab onto the wood and hang onto the wood. And I've never seen anything more charming. I don't understand how it's so cute. I know he's adorable. And Sophie acknowledges the work that he does, right? She acknowledges his labor in a way that I don't think Howell thinks to do. And Mm. that helps. I think it's part of the reason that the castle comes together the way that it does by the end, because she says, you know, your your domestic efforts here are not in vain. I see this and I acknowledge it. Yeah, your invisible work. I Mm. see your invisible work that's taken for granted. Oh, that really. I mean, it it took a woman to come and do that. You know, the other two are like, you know, have a log. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Heat my but, water, Calcifer. Yeah. So I think Calcifer's almost falling for Sophie herself. She's she's very charming in a in a way that um, she's very understated. Very similar to Hal in some ways that he uses his charms to influence and get what he wants. She does the same, but it still feels very genuine. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Calcifer takes them to like a lake area and they do laundry and it's like their vistas in front of them and it's beautiful. On the way out, because Howell uh, decides to go and fly into his black abyss, one of the one of the destinations on his portal door is a black abyss that nobody knows about except for him. And he's like, don't let her go too crazy with the cleaning. And then he leaves and and in that area, he like he flies through the super war-torn areas where he can see all the bombings and you know everything going on, as well as a bunch of wizards who have transformed themselves into little little blob bats with shark teeth and straw hats. And <laughs> they <laughs> nobody is getting skin cancer. Everybody no. is very well protected. Mm-hmm. It's very smart. And I love comes, it. Yeah. And so while he's gone, she does go into his bathroom and it's like a different type of disaster because everything else was like covered in goo and dust and stuff. And his area is just sort of covered in rainbow powder. Yeah, I think that's accurate. I think, I mean, could you still be attracted to a man? There's a shot where she's looking at his toilet with the seat up and you just know that it is just horrific. You know that that toilet is the worst toilet in the history of toilets. Um, (laughs) That's how you know their love is real because she stayed. (laughs) Uh huh. I know. I mean, in the book, like it does just, you know, it goes into a lot of his beauty routines. He's incredibly vain um, because he has kind of been raised to believe that his his beauty and his youth is quite central to his magic. Um, and so I think that inform if, oh, you, if you've read the book, it kind of informs the scene which comes next. So anyway, she, she cleans up the bathroom and it wasn't a good idea. It wasn't. Um, when he comes back, Calcifer's like, you have to be careful transforming into that raven creature because the more you do it, the less you're going to be human. And someday you're going to be stuck that way. He literally says, get that look off your face or you're going to, it's going to stick that way. (laughs) Um, And then he goes up to the bathroom and it's all clean. And at first he's like, everything's cool. He like goes to, you know, we don't see any of this, but he doesn't make a fuss until he like uses his potions or whatever is in there. And, and then my God, the fuss. Oh, <laughs> I don't know that we fuss love it. Covers it. We love a dramatic blonde wizard prince. Um, he has an emo meltdown essentially uh, yes. because he, he comes downstairs and he's dyed his hair ginger. Um He's screaming that he's hideous. Meanwhile, Markle, Markle is a ginger and is standing to one side, probably feeling terrible about himself. No, honestly. How <laughs> oh, you're and beautiful. That, Cal look says, at those auburn locks. I'm I'm hideous, is what he <laughs> <It> says. <laughs> and the only thing that's different about him, listener, is that his hair is no longer blonde. And then he and, like and our, we can't, we cannot emphasize enough that he's only in a towel and it is a oh very God. low hanging towel. There's yes. butt I crack. think my notes my notes at this point are don't look at me don't talk to me Ginger Howell is in a towel <laughs> because that's just that's all he's doing. Howl yeah. in a towel. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that sounds like some sort of great merch item. A it's Elf on a Shelf, but for adults. Oh yes. man. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's a rangy, skinny little thing, but it's still he's still he's got some muscle definition, and mm-hmm. so he's he's 
proceeding to he's gone from anger he's going through the stages of grief yes um he's now in um despair Mm -hmm. and he says um i don't see the point in living if i can't be beautiful (laughs) sophie's standing over him thinking i've got far bigger problems than you my friend oh yeah Uh, and then she literally says I've never been beautiful a day in my life and runs into the rain in order to sob and feel her feelings. Mm. And then Marco comes out and he's like, Sophie, somehow it's gotten worse. I didn't think it could, but I need you inside. And he has, he has just melted into green goo, Sally. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He, the despair he's calling in the he's, he's calling some kind of very dark magic the despair in him is so strong that he's melting into slime uh, yeah. there's no other way to put it he's melting uh and so <laughs> they they have to uh p- pick him up slide him like a big slug mm-hmm. all the way upstairs at one point the towel gets lost <gasps> so, so if you look down and <laughs> this was my point with where how does sophie feel about him in her old body his young beautiful body Mm. she looks over her shoulder and i can't tell if she's like i have to deal with this bullshit or if she's just like oh god his towel his towel's gone just look (laughs) forward just look forward i I feel like don't get eyes up eyes up oh i I, I heard i feel like it's open to audience interpretation (laughs) yeah i felt no that's kind of how i felt too yeah like that's how (laughs) i interpreted it and i had no questions uh about alternatives um my both of my kids as soon as this thing, this scene happened and it went from her face to them walking more, um, both of my kids yelled, his booty's out, his booty's <laughs> out, which was, a you know, it was, thing. it was tiny little I mean, wizard booty. They were just telling the truth. I know. And uh, it was a nice cartoon booty. There I you said You weren't it. imagining green slime nudity in this, were you? I wasn't. I wasn't You're always full of surprises, Sally. <laughs> <laughs> I, I all full credit goes to the movie. Um, I just, you know, I just I know love, what I like. And- I love that at least forty percent of this movie. If you just stopped on any individual still, mm-hmm. it would make no, no sense without context. At some mm-hmm. point, you know, there's the the turnip head scarecrow at the very end on the just the raft with the two chicken legs and oh, the yeah. almost dead wizard and the the old uh, the, they would make zero sense if you didn't know what it was from the green melty wizard on a stair. i love it it's so nonsensical in so many ways but it's so beautiful and it all hangs together as you're watching yeah. it. it's just it's brilliant and it's so relatable like i think everyone can relate to having something that is not a big deal i mean he is a wizard he could tint his hair back but right. everyone he's already had a hard day and i think we've all <laughs> melted into green slime at some point i'd yeah. probably do every week uh-huh. just about so it's it's relatable and it's also deeply annoying um <laughs> that's how how is um he's just such a great complex character because he's so vain and he's he's so over the top and dramatic and ridiculous and you know he's he's not acting his age he is stuck permanently as a child adolescent sort of you know teenage boy in his mind and Mm -hmm. um these are moments where we can see that he really needs to grow up I mean we see what his bed 
we see what his bedroom looks like. That's a bit oh. later on. And his, he has a Lisa <laughs> Frank bedroom of my dreams. Sally. I was going to say Incredible. maximalist goals. Oh, <laughs> maximalist goals is right. Yes. Oh my God. It's incredible. So she tucks him in and she's like, would you like some more milk? And he's like, no, no, don't look at me. I still have raven hair and I'm just, no. And then his hair has like, turned darker by then. His, mm-hmm. his hair has turned to a dark maroon sort of color. Um, so it's a different look for him. We're, we're used to still him being works a blonde. for him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't hate it. I love a make. I love a makeover in any movie. And this was an unexpected makeover scene for me. <laughs> <laughs> so as she's leaving, he says, wait. Oh my God. And so she turns back around and she's like, did you reconsider the milk or something? And he's like, no, but I do have to tell you about my emo soul. And he's like, I'm a coward and I hate how afraid I am of everything. And he talks about how, you know, every single one of his aliases is expected at the palace. And he just like, cannot bring himself to go. And it's so interesting because I feel like we're seeing sort of the beginning of his growth arc because he's like, he's, he's just self-reflective enough to be like, I'm a piece of shit who doesn't deserve anything because he's not mature enough yet to just like get down to business. Oh, it's so good. Mm. So then he's like, oh my God, you're a person who can fix it for me. (laughs) Incredible. He gets so excited and he's like, you're going to go to the palace and you're going to say that you're my alias's mom. And you're going to be like, he's the worst. Um, uh, here's a doctor's note. He can't come to the war. Is that okay? And like, surely the king will be fine with it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think asking a parental figure to sort something out for you is also deeply relatable. I mean, you have to respect he's got boundaries, you know, he's like, (laughs) no one should have to do anything they don't want to do. He really doesn't want to. So I know maybe you could just go and have a talk to them and just explain, no, thank you. I don't want any part of this. And yeah. she agrees because at this point, I think that she'd probably say yes to anything that he asked her. He's, he's oh, that yes. kind of, he's that kind of boy. Well, because to and be this fair, is where, who among us wouldn't, I mean, <laughs> no. And this is one of those moments where I, I love the movie for not walking away from like the weird complication because it's very clear that she's in love with him it's pretty clear that he knows that he Mm. knows who she is because I think by this point he's seen her sleeping. And when she goes to sleep, she turns into young Sophie again. Mm. And so like, we'll get to it, but later on his former mentor in one breath will absolutely play along with the fact that she's his mother And then in the next breath, we'll be like, and also you're in love with him. Is it incest times? I don't know. And like, everybody's (laughs) cool with it. It's incredible. I think that these people that are really, really good at magic can recognize strong enchantments. And Mm. I like to think that he recognized her um, as the girl from the alleyway. Immediately. Um, Immediately. I feel like, I feel like he always treated her in a way that felt like he was seeing through that outer facade um mm-hmm. that was cast well, on her and he says you're beautiful he says that to 
her in her or in her crone form you're beautiful Mm -hmm. and i i love that it's not quite clear does he mean her inside does he mean her appearance as it is does he mean how he sees her through the enchantment it could mean so many things to so many it's up Mm -hmm. to the individual audience member but i love that he sees her beauty yeah no matter what and you probably have noticed by now that sophie's appearance chain is almost completely different in every shot of her she ranges from incredibly old to basically herself just with gray hair Mm is young Sophie and the stronger that she feels and the more passionate she is about something the more she stands up for herself the more she is her true self Mm -hmm. the the curse melts away and so I guess when she's asleep she's sort of at peace and yeah he does look in on her when she's asleep and she's looking all cute with her little head on the pillow and he doesn't look remotely surprised which leads me to feel that he has always known who she was yeah I agree with that absolutely and Mm -hmm. I when he said you're beautiful to her I definitely interpreted it as like a holistic sense because he has seen her at every stage of outer appearance whether it's like 99 or young Sophie with gray hair Mm. Oh, hey, HBs. I don't know if you've heard, but we have a Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you get over 150 bonus episodes, most of which include Aaron, videos of regular episodes, author hangouts, and so much more. Do you want to hear Aaron and I recap every single episode of Crash Landing on You? What about a little film called Psycho Stripper? Do you want more recaps of ridiculous Thanksgiving and other holiday books and movies? And how do you feel about Naima Simone and I recapping amazing reality TV? All of that and more is on the Patreon. There's so much content at your fingertips as soon as you sign up. Seriously, hours and hours. Anyway, it's patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast if you want to check it out. And of course, that link is in the show notes. Keep being a badass. So, okay, so she has to go to the the palace. And when she gets to the, oh, no, I'm so sorry. It's time for her to go to the palace. And she puts on her hat. And he says, why are you wearing that hat? I spent so much magic making your dress pretty. You're ruining it. (laughs) And then she's going to leave. And he stops her and he said, yeah, he, oh, he does that murmur in her ear again. Everyone. Yeah. He's good at that. Yeah. <sighs> and he puts his ring on her finger and he says, it's a charm to get you back here safely. And her stomach flips four times. You don't get to see it, but you know, what happens. Cause it happened to us too. Honestly. Watching yeah. it. So yeah. I mean, who doesn't love an unexpected gift? It reminds me of that bit in The Bodyguard where Frank puts the necklace yeah, onto, yeah, yeah. onto Rachel and yeah, she yeah. says, it's beautiful. And then he shows her that it's like a panic alarm yeah. in the, in the cru- crucifix. I love it. I love an oh. unexpected jewelry gift that is also practical. That's also safety. Um, so he, yeah, it's um, it's lovely. And he says to her, don't worry, I'll, I'll be following along in disguise to make sure that you're okay. So that's mm. also nice. He's proved before that, you know, he's a guy that will stand up for people that are being hassled, you know, mm. like 
when the, in their first meeting. So we feel safe. We know that he's there. She's just got to work out who he is yeah. as she's walking in. <laughs> so she's, she's looking around who could Hal be disguised as? Hmm. And then she notices this weird little dog following her. The greatest character <laughs> in animation history. <laughs> I would die for this dog. <laughs> die for this asthmatic dog. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this wheezing little dog. He has no lines. He can't speak, but mm-hmm. he just does a wheezing cough. And she decides, well, that must be Hal. So she talks to talks to this dog as if he's Hal for the, the walk-in. And then she's overtaken by, who is it? It's the Witch <gasps> of the Waste being carried by her henchmen in one of those, uh, what are they called? Reticules? It's not, not palanquin, but it's... Um, I call like them that. carry boxes. Like the human little <laughs> transport thing. <laughs> It's, she's yeah, in a carry. are box. my horses. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And uh, it's really a very satisfying scene when the witch must get out. No, no magic f- further than this point. And they both have to walk up this insanely huge pyramid of stairs. Oh my gosh. Okay. This palace needs to work on accessibility. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> no one assists. There's like no, there's a, a 1,200 guards. <laughs> there's 1,200 men standing silently watching these two ladies try to climb up the, the stairs. And the witch, is, all of her magic melts away. She, she is now revealed in her true form, a very elderly woman herself um, mm-hmm. who has significant mobility issues. And mm-hmm. they both basically start to have this weird old lady race up the stairs. Yeah. Um, but... But Sophie's doing it, carrying the dog in the most heroic act. Uh, She picks up this dog and, you know, she's a 90 year old woman. She doesn't need the extra. That dog looks like it's about four pounds, but still. uh, And and just heaves that dog up the stairs with her. And yes, the the old woman races choice. Yeah. (laughs) And I I sort of love that they're heckling each other on the way up but still have that like camaraderie and that sense of obligation to be like, you go girl, you can do it. Like, come (laughs) on, get your old ass up here. It's very, very cute. These two, it's the beginning of their, their like hesitant friendship. Yeah. I think it really shows Sophie's humanity that she um, can turn around and call for the person that put this terrible curse on her mm-hmm. come on you're nearly there I loved it I thought it was yeah. a great moment and I mean Sophie's just she's just the best person she's she always takes the high road and absolutely um, they they make it into the the palace and it's you know it's crazy and opulent the witch of the waste sees a chair and pretty much says mine and then runs <laughs> to it and sits down and <laughs> and, and the dog, dog leads dog runs um, off yeah, the dog leads Sophie into a, like an antechamber that then leads to the mentor. But yes. then the but then the witch of the waste gets sparkly child of the corn. She what does. happens? Oh my god. She sits there and then she's surrounded by some dancing shadows that look like small children. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I fully understand what happens there, whether she's having a spell cast on her, mm. preventing her from uh, getting up to her old tricks when she's outside of the castle. That's kind of how I interpret it. Because from this point on in the movie, the Witch of the Waste is now a very elderly woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that might be what happened. Is that what you think? 
I got to yeah, say, I thought it she just was like stripped of her power, vacuumed her mm-hmm. magic out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so then we go and meet Madame Solomon. Solomon. Is that it? Oh Solomon? my gosh. This creepy yeah. lady. She's great. Because she looks so <laughs> kindly. She looks like every elegant grandmother. She's but... a Dolores Umbridge. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah. And so Sophie has to basically say, hello, I'm Hal's mother. Um, my boy can't attend because he's a coward. And uh, Madam Solomon says, uh, hmm, I... I was his mentor. I was his teacher, and he, I've never seen anyone so powerful as him. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm pretty sure she sees straight through Sophie's uh, old lady facade because the more that Sophie advocates for him, uh, the younger and younger she becomes until mm-hmm. she is has her dark hair and she's young and she has her young voice again. And it's awesome. It's an incredible moment. And yeah, it's the moment where it's revealed to us all that Sophie is indeed desperately in love with Hal. Oh, yes. And it's also revealed that Hal was really, really powerful and talented, but then he like gave his heart to a demon. A demon captured his heart. And if he continues mm. to act selfishly, Madame Solomon will do exactly to Hal what she has done to the witch of the waste and they like wheel the witch of the waste in and she's sort of a puddle of a human right now she's on it like a catering cart like a cart like you'd you'd wheel in a really big cake on (laughs) it's it's a big birthday cake time and they just wheel her in here you go (laughs) yeah and then the king shows up in a, a airplane helicopter outside And he comes in and he starts saying very, very responsible things like, I'm not going to do this magic war anymore because every time I deflect a bomb from the palace, it hits a civilian house. And like, that's not good. So we're just canceling the war. And Madame Solomon's like, oh, really, King? You're so eloquent right now. And then the real King does come out and he's like, and he's basically like clucking i don't know the king was <laughs> yeah. wild the real king uh can't string a sentence together and uh is an idiot so mm-hmm. we we realize that hal has decided to impersonate the king um in a very bold move uh, <gasps> why did he bother coming anyway is my question if he was going to go anyway and go to the meeting why did he make his old sophie climb up all those stairs well he did tell us why he tells us why, and it's a big romance. It's also a, a big excuse, but he, she asked that question. She's like, what the fuck, dude? If you were just going to go, why did you make me do that? And he says, you're the only reason I had the courage to go and, you know, do my my vow that I made, report for duty. Oh, you make me want to be a better man. Truly. I would have been like, could I have not done that from the bottom of the stairs? Honestly. (laughs) But yeah. 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 So, so all is revealed and uh, he clutches Sophie to him as Madame Solomon says, um, we'll take this and then unleashes an ocean on them. It's such a cool scene where you don't know if it's actually happening or if it's kind of 
um, a spell on their perception and, you know, but uh, it's a cool kind of surreal sequence where they're yeah. um, washed into a uh, an ocean. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, then what happens? Washed into an ocean, ocean disappears. Now they're in the middle of the sky. He says, yes. don't look down. And then those sparkle children of the corn come and get around them so that they can vacuum his power out. And um, he's sort of taken by them a bit. And then Sophie says, no, Hal, in her in her Emily Mortimer voice, she says, no, Hal, it's a trap. Oh, mm-hmm. also, the witch of the waste is just like hanging on to her skirts, hoping to not fall to her doom. Anyway, mm. she's got grip strength and that like he, I don't the dog have. is there too. Don't forget about <laughs> the dog. There's we're just gonna add to our little found family. It's yeah, the, the found family everybody. Gets... <laughs> so Howl flies up into the air as soon as she says, it's a trap, because in real life, Madame Mortimer is chucking a spear at him and it goes through her hat instead of through his not heart. Mm. And they escape on that plane helicopter yeah and it's a it's a cool a cool scene like the whole thing you're like what this is nuts and you're right if you paused it at any point and someone walked in you'd be like just chaos just they're doing it just Um, Just sit sit down have a seat get the popcorn (laughs) i i think my favorite thing one of my favorite things about hell and why i love him is in the scene where they're flying that strange um, helicopter mm-hmm. he genuinely believes that Sophie is really excellent at everything mm-hmm. and she's swerve she's swerving around trying to control it and goes through a bell tower and he says something like whoa you're good like he you I lost just, them, I think it's basically yeah yeah like, I nice love maneuver. I just, he thinks that she's just like so great at everything and I love that I think that's such an attractive quality for me just, yeah, just and so admiring of her all of the time And it's exactly what she needs because she thinks that all she can do is like clean and be mousy and she's not worth anything else. And so having that sort of projected on her is so powerful. And it's not like she's done this before either. You know, she's just like, you think I'm doing well at this? Great. Because this is new for her. So, Mm -hmm. well, and she's realizing and the audience realizes she is really good at everything. Mm -hmm. She's good at everything that she tries and, the book, um, the book really layers that a lot more as well, where um, you gradually realize that Sophie has powers of her own that she doesn't know about, but are recognized by other people that she has her own magical powers. I, I love, well, the, I love this. Mm-hmm. The, the movie definitely refers to her as a, a witch a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, which I love that other people might recognize it in a way that she doesn't um, for her to discover and for her to explore. And I, there's, again, jumping ahead, but the thought of what a sequel would look like or what the, the future for them looks like, what mm. she finds out about herself and what they discover together. It's so, there's, it's so rewarding to picture yeah. what she is oh, like um, in the future. Yeah, well, the second book is Castle in the Air. Um, so you do get glimpses of their life after this. It's, it's like a, a trilogy, I think, is it? And the third one is House of Many Ways. Yeah, so um, 
I know, three books to get into this whole weird world. That's really But in cool. the book, um, Sophie, she uh, is often tasked with um, mending Hal's suits. He has, he's a fashion horse in the oh, book. God. He's constantly needing a new suit for this or that. And they're always peacock blue. And Sophie, as she <gasps> mends them, she's talks to the, she talks to the suits in the same way that she talked to the hats that she was making. <gasps> and she's actually putting a spell into these suits oh. she finds how so irresistible that the the spells that she's putting and sewing into his suits makes him irresistible to others <gasps> it's just like it's just it's so well done like oh my gosh and that's why she was so great at making hats because she was putting spells into the hats that she was yeah. making so I love that idea of being magical and not even knowing it. Like there's mm-hmm. the people that have learned it, you know, the way that all of these, these wizards have learned mm-hmm. by with a mentor, uh, Markle's learning it, but there's also that natural kind of magic that you can put into things. If you want them badly enough, she, she gets them. So. Yeah. yeah. Almost like folk Sally, magic. Have you, have you read the Tiffany aching books by Terry Pratchett? Uh, no, it's, I haven't. It's more of a, almost a young adult series, a little, a little younger than his Discworld series, but it's very similar to that. She's, she's not, she's a witch, but she's just a very naturalistic witch and her magic is very subtle and very practical. And a lot of times it is just listening and being a neighbor and being in a community, but it's still magic. And it reminds me a lot of this. I wonder Ooh. if that's, I, I mean, not that you need book records recommendations i know we all have tbrs you know this tall but that's that's the same kind of really lovely found homespun folk magic that i i I adore in that series and i really liked in this too that sophie just has this innate way of doing things that other people see and respond to and community Mm. building and everybody's better at the end because of it yeah i love that i think i'll definitely check that out um yeah i think uh, i've seen this movie described as like partly like um partly like a fairy tale and partly like group therapy kind of thing the fact that they <laughs> all have to work together as a, fa- a found family really? to get over all of their issues and they give each other therapy I mean that bit where Hal was lying in bed and Sophie's sitting next to him they look like a therapist and a patient mm-hmm. you know like I think it's no coincidence there. Yeah. Um, and every yes. time he treats her as utterly competent and completely impressive, he's basically like giving her affirmations that she won't mm-hmm. give herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And if it's um, b- by someone that you admire and you know is powerful, it uh, definitely does the trick. Mm-hmm. And he's gorgeous, I, of course. So that helps. I want to hug all help. of them. <laughs> Me too. So, so where do they go once they they fly they fly into the castle he hasn't told sophie how to land this contraption so they end up virtually wrecking the castle when they land and mm-hmm. it's pretty trashed oh so they so decide great. they need to move they i think moving is going to have to happen so hal gets out a piece of chalk and he draws a little um vaguely satanic looking symbol on the ground yeah and lines the castle up on it and they all really gas up uh calcifer and tell him he's incredible and he he gets a little set of pecs and he becomes really muscular for a moment and he tries really hard and then he moves the castle to a new location which is sophie's hat shop so they (gasps) go back into town right where we began but he's made some improvements there's a new bathroom because there's more people and Mm -hmm. 
And he makes her a room that is just like the room that she would make hats in. And you can tell that he's like very proud of himself and he thinks that he's done something very, very thoughtful. And he has, because he's like, this is a room that you'll feel comfortable in. And then she's a little bit young and then you watch her get old and she says, oh, this is the perfect room for a cleaning lady. And then he's Mm. like, okay, come here. I've got to show you this, this present I got for you. He's put a fifth portal on the door, everybody. And he takes her to the most beautiful rolling met flower meadow extravaganza, gorgeous place with this like little cottage that has a water wheel on the side of it. You know, one of those. Mm. Oh, Yeah, it looks like a beautiful jigsaw puzzle. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, actually. That's a really good way of putting it. It's his fortress of solitude. I love it. He shares it It with her. Oh my God. Yeah. He says that his, somebody, his dad, his mentor, somebody would allow him. Uncles. That sounds right. Sure. Someone. Allow him to go Older male authority figure. (laughs) Absolutely. And he would go there to like be alone and practice his magic and, you know, just really find peace. And he says, and I want to share that with you. Is our is is how growing up? Is he starting to realize it feels really good to do things for people that you care about? I think so. I think he is. I think he's starting to grow up, and it's. Can I say the most amazing self restraint in this movie is Howell Mm. says to Sophie, "I also bought you clothes, and in her new room are these beautifully wrapped packages that we never see her open. Never see. How long would it take you to dive for those and rip them open? It would be two seconds for me, but Mm -hmm. so." Sophie's just, you know, she wants to see to her family and see to Howell and he whisks her away and she, we never see her open mm. them, which we didn't get like um, an old lady makeover. That's a shame. I, it should have, he would have made her something to, beautiful. Oh yes. It should have been sent to some kind of eighties pop song. Uh, she should have mm. been trying on clothes. Like we deserve that. We deserve that makeover montage. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, is there anything more rom- romantic than having a man take you to somewhere that was important oh. to him in his childhood. There's something about that, that you understand what it is. It's him showing her something that he's probably never shown anyone else. And mm-hmm. in the book, he uh, creates that um, portal because he says, maybe you could open a florist shop and you could go through and get all of the flowers. Oh. And the description in the book is, I, I personally really love descriptions of flowers and gardens. And so for mm-hmm. me, it's just like a really gorgeous scene um, that I remember from the book as well. Um, so they have a moment and she, she looks beautiful and young. She's got that beautiful gray hair, but she's young again. And, and but- she's, she's starting to put some pieces together though. And she says, wait, mm-hmm. I'm getting a really funny feeling about this. It feels like you're setting us up to be okay. If you're gone without you, mm-hmm. yeah. are you leaving? Please tell me what's going on. And he, Mm. he sort of like dodges it a bit. And she's like, Howell, I know that I can be of help to you, even though I'm, I'm plain and all I can do is clean. And he, that's when he looks at her and he says, Sophie, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Mm. And, uh, and Christian Bale speaking directly to every single one of us. Oh, yes. Yes, he is. It's actually my ringtone. It's my alarm. (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's my girl is my uh text message alert <laughs> oh oh no nobody nobody needs me in that mood all the time so but then 
Then they get interrupted because there's a, a big attack. All of a sudden there's warships with bombs all over. Like a his- weird, a weird Zeppelin type thing is oh, chugging God. away. It's a centipede Zeppelin. Mm. Oh, it's incredible. God. It's well, every flying machine animation. in this movie is gorgeous and fa- fascinating and any Avengers, any Transformers movie, anything that mm. has alien invading airships, nothing comes close to touching mm-hmm. the aircraft in this movie. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yep. Absolutely. So Hal, th- Hal looks up at it and thinks, I'm going to mess with it. Uh, you know, he's probably feeling quite good about himself. He's made Sophie happy. He wants mm-hmm. to show off a little. And so, yeah, he sabotages that um, that warship. And Well, first uh, he chucks her through the portal. He does. <laughs> I feel like we should tell listener about that. He like flies <laughs> her over and then he just j- literally drops her back through the door. And she's yep. so funny because she's like, I'm too old to be treated like this. And it's very cute. Mm-hmm. Well, she does but, yeah. kind of land on a step, to be fair. I mean, for sure. Out of the spine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, she's- he ravens out and he starts like getting those ships to fall down or something. I don't know. Yeah, he just goes to sabotage it, uh, trying to do his own part for the war effort without being a joiner in the the official army, I guess. Mm. It's what he's been doing Mm. all along. But um, yeah, so then then what happens? So then she goes and she Things start going bad. Yeah, yeah. But first she tucks in the Witch of the Waste and the Witch of the Waste says, you're in love. And then they talk about, how she's in love and how the witch of the waste is in love with um she doesn't say it but she she's still in love with howl and she loves all young men because of their beautiful hearts and this is she says she says strapping young men are so difficult to deal with but their Mm. hearts i adore and Uh. i I, that line jumped out at me just at the time to be like oh their hearts but then by the end of it it means so much more right when she says their hearts i adore so what a what what writing Ugh, because what writing. this is also when she starts creepily looking over at calcifer and being like what a good fire oh my <laughs> precious fire and nobody knows why she's so obsessed with calcifer mm. yeah and sophie is kind to her and tucks her in when she should throw her out on the street she uh-huh. uh it puts her in his cute little bed and i think it's lovely it is it is so yeah things start going bad Madame Solomon like sort of knows where they are and she's making like Sophie's mom go and hide actual bugs in there. Um, That got very literal in a way that I was not anticipating. Um, Yes. But I will say I did wonder about Sophie's family. It's kind of the situation in Big when, you know. Josh, yeah. the child grows up and just pieces out on his family. And his mom is like, my son, my son is missing. My son, mm-hmm. I, I worried about Sophie's family. And then her mom shows up in this and is like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have worried about Sophie's no. family. She's trash. They were okay. Mm. Hate her. Yeah. Well, she married a rich guy and has been distracted, you know, mm-hmm. and she's all her daughters are here and there. She probably honestly didn't even notice Sophie was gone. So Who doesn't misplace a daughter or two in the glow of, of a honestly. happy new marriage really it also makes things a little un- like less complicated for sophie to start a new life yeah, have you ever yeah. read like a series of vampire books and uh all of the like i'm i'm thinking about the the jr ward series that um you know like lover awakened mm-hmm. you know that that 
brother, the Daggers Brotherhood series, uh-huh. all the ladies in that book, they're all like, huh, I've got, like, they all basically have no family or yeah. strong I'm ties. Everybody's an orphan. Everybody's, have, yeah. So they yeah, can just I don't have to explain my right vampire up. boyfriend to anybody. This is great. Yeah, you can just disappear from your life. So we we feel that it will be okay if Sophie has to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, Hi. in the Black Dagger Brotherhood, one of them literally becomes a ghost. So whatever happens to Sophie <laughs> isn't nearly as bad as ghostification. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and Markle's so cute because he overhears the mom quasi invite her to come live with the new husband. And he stands there and he's like, Sophie, don't leave. I love you. I love you, Sophie. Don't leave. And she promises to stay. And he's become a little kid for the first time. Like he's back to his proper age now. Yeah. He's one of the first to return to their proper form and their proper age. And that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's allowed to be a little kid again, um, Mm -hmm. which is lovely. We don't see him dress up in his old man form after that, do we? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Mm, that's nice. He can be a, he can be a kid again instead of being an unpaid servant for a wizard, yeah. an adult wizard man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now things are going bad because Madame Solomon knows where they are for definite. And the Witch of the Waste, I don't know why she's really like smoking that cigar so hard, but boy, does she love a cigar. I thought it was going to like come back or maybe I missed it. I don't know. Hmm. And, and so there are bombs coming now and Hmm. the blob men with their little top hats are coming and the bat boys with their sharp teeth and also their little straw top hats are coming and Howell comes and he like, he like manages to get his raven body like onto a bomb so that he can divert it away from Sophie. There's still a big explosion and Sophie's like, how you came? And he's like, I'm so sorry. It took me so long. Let's get you inside where you can be safe. Oh, mm, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And- I just casually take a bomb for you, girl. <laughs> yeah. He says he came to protect her. And then she's like, she's like, we don't have to do this anymore. Like, let's just run away. And he says, no, I, I, I'm not that guy anymore. I found something I want to protect and it's you, Sophie. Uh, swoon. It's fine. Insert swooning here. <laughs> yeah. Although his plan is bad. His plan is that they need to sit in the, you know, the, the house that's being bombed while he just like flies around outside sort of moving bombs to other houses. I don't really know what his plan is because he also says that he's going to guard the front door and he super doesn't because the blob men and the bat boys are definitely getting in. Mm. So Sophie's like, don't worry. I am Sophie. Hear me roar. I have a plan. She changes that, that portal door thing and they get out and she's like, okay, I got to go get calcifer. And Calcifer's like, no, 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 no. If I leave the castle, the castle will disintegrate. I'm certain of it. <laughs> you can't he, do that. He is a fire that is very afraid of change. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he's afraid if I change, will I, will I die? Will I continue to exist? Mm-hmm. And honestly, relatable, relatable content. Don't yeah. take me out yeah. of my house. Yeah, I don't want to go out there. 
Don't the make me. The outside world is scary, you know, mm-hmm. like the outside world has always been scary. And I think that's why he and Sophie get along so well. Cause she's always been tucked up in her little room. They're mm-hmm. both like little, little fires in their fireplaces, aren't they? they <laughs> Although are, I will yeah. say he does have a legitimate fear of literal rain. It's actively yeah, raining. Sophie doesn't. Yeah. It's, it's so, raining, yeah. but yeah. he'll be fine. So <laughs> the castle does disintegrate right behind them. And mm. They're like, oh no, what do we do? And she's like, don't worry. We're going to go into like, we're just going to burrow our way back in and redo the fire. And then her whole plan is that Calcifer is going to get big and strong and carry some of the castle down to the town so they can be like, howl over here. We're not in that house anymore. You don't have to protect it. However, you're doing that up in the air with the bat boys and the bombs. And so Calcifer's like, I can't do it alone. I need something from you. She's like, like what? And he's like, I don't know your eyeballs. Can you pluck them out right now? Mm -hmm. Or maybe your heart. And she's like, "Eh, hard pass. Uh, I will give you my braid though. So Mm -hmm. this little fireman does chomp down her braid, nom, 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 nom. And then he grows into like a big giant smelter bodybuilder man. Mm. And he starts carrying just part of the castle. And he's got two chicken legs instead of four now. And they're on their way, right? Yep. They're on their way. She had to make a little personal sacrifice to, um, to carry on to, you know, and whilst we don't, and think her hair was like really terribly important to her she just kept it braided over her back you know it's still you know we have to see something from her too that she's willing to part with something mm-hmm. uh, literally a part of her and, and now she's got a sexy lob she does <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a good look on her and i'm glad yeah. her negotiation skills were such that she didn't lose an eye that was, was good it's good truly like yes. good on you sophie <laughs> so the witch of the waste is still there. Um, and she looks over at the fire and she's like, I figured out why I love the fire so much. Oh my God. I see Hal's heart. And Sophie's very focused on getting the castle down to the place. So she doesn't see the witch go over and like grab this flaming heart out of Calcifer's fire. And so things start going awry and, and this tiny castle does start disintegrating a lot. And then the witch catches on fire, actual fire. And so Mm. Sophie freaks out and she's like, I have to save this witch who's mean and has actively hurt me and is doing something bad right now. So she douses the fire with water, but oh no, if Calcifer dies, Howl dies too. And then because of that douse, the thing splits completely apart. She and the dog go down into this giant ravine. And then the rest of the how the little house boy on the on the chicken legs goes up a hill more. And now they're separated. And is she dead? I don't know. I mean everybody thinks she's dead. Anyone listening to this who hasn't watched the movie would be like, <laughs> What did Melody just say? <laughs> what is happening? They're uh, sliding said down chicken legs more than it's uncomfortable a, with. It's a, a raft on a raft on legs, isn't it? Um, and yes. 
Mm-hmm. And then Sophie travels. No, what happens then? So she finds she, wakes, she goes back in time, right? And her, yeah, her ring is like, mm. oh, Hal's still alive. And like, go into the door, go into go the into black the doorway that mm. nobody gets to go to except for Hal. You'll be totally safe because you're his faded mate. And so she and the dog, this amazing dog, go into the, the doom, right? They basically take that Indiana Jones step into the darkness. Anyway. So she gets there and she realizes that she's in his childhood in that flower meadow with that cottage that has the, the wheelie on the side. Well, the water wheel. Mm. That's the one. Yeah. And she sees young Hal in the distance. Uh, there are falling stars landing in water and she sees young Hal catch a falling star and she sees mm. him talking to this star who we now know is Calcifer. There, you can't hear what they're saying, but they're making an agreement. And Hal gives him his heart as a child would, you know, very carelessly, not seeing the significance of it. Um, well, making. Wait, I have to ask yeah. you if what I think I saw is what I actually saw. Mm. Because what I saw was him having a convo with this little sparkle star. And then mm-hmm. eating the sparkle star mm-hmm. and then having his heart come out with calcifer. Is that right? Yeah, I think okay. so. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> excellent. It is confusing. Like it's, uh, it's almost more like an art sequence rather than a, mm-hmm. a sequence that makes sense, but you get the feeling that she's just witnessed Hal's original agreement with calcifer mm-hmm. and she begins to fall into a vortex and she screams how find me in the future i know so how then, to help you and oh! then he and then he we know he found her in that alleyway at the beginning of the movie like, <gasps> uh, i hadn't even connected that, that. Oh no my that's God, why he funny. says i've been looking for you <laughs> yeah yes Oh my God. Give I'm me, such a dummy. give me a book. Give me a movie. Give me a TV show that says, find me in the future. Oh my God. What a fucking Somewhere romance. in time, starting with come back to me. Oh my God. Ah, yeah. Give me that. Give me that every time. Oh, it's good. put it it's into sweet. my veins. <laughs> oh my God. Your, your eyes are like dilated black. Honestly. <laughs> She's all pupil right now. I am. <laughs> I've had a whole metamorphosis over here. So she comes out of that door and Howell is completely raven now. Like mm. he's monster and he like can't make words even. And she comes out and she's like, oh no, am I too late? And he just sort of looks at her and then she kisses him and he has no response because he is monster now. And then she says, I know how to help you take me to Calcifer. So he puts down the one leg he has does he only have one leg right now or did i, I just maybe miss the got, other one maybe it's just tucked up under him the maybe. way that birds do maybe he did a nice little tuck you know i that's think fine. That he, he needed the one down for her to ride on you know it would yes. be both be tucked up but she needs transport and so she's on his big talon fair enough. so hard i mean it would be terrifying she's yeah. so brave yeah because um, she's also holding a dog while yeah, also trying to hold dog. on to this foot. I don't know how he held on, but I'm glad he did. Yeah, same. Mm. Same here. I'm I'm just glad his cold didn't get worse in that wind, you know? <laughs> so they land on this this now just raft 
with two chicken legs that's carrying Markle and the Witch of the Waste, who's doing a big Smeagol and holding Howl's heart. And they land, and then the wind takes away his black feathers and, you know, his monstrous form. And suddenly there's just big, beautiful man laying there. Yeah. And then she goes over to the witch and she's like, I need to have the heart. And the witch is like, no, 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 it's mine. I finally have it. I've been, I've been wanting it for years. And then instead of like kicking her in the face or like threatening to push her off the raft, like I would, she hugs her. Oh, and the witch says, you really need it that badly. She says, yeah, I really do. And so she gives her the heart. And the implication is that like no one could quite look after this heart the way that Sophie could. Mm -mm. It's beautiful. It's very compassionate Mm -hmm. and it's very understated. And I know a criticism of this movie is that it all kind of ends quite fast, but you know, it's, it's in the simplicity that if you've been picking up on the clues all along and the, mm-hmm. and the, these character arcs, mm-hmm. the ending is very satisfying because yeah. uh, she presses it into his chest and gives him a kiss and he, he manages to survive. He gets his heart back, this heartless, heartless young man that's been roaming the hillsides and seducing young women mm-hmm. in his heartless way is heartless no longer so it's no. yeah we love to fix a man literally by putting his actual heart back absolutely. into his chest absolutely and in she this also case we is can fix of, him yes yes <laughs> and she's also worried about calcifer she's like are you going to be okay if i put his heart back in his body and calcifer's like i mean i've survived so far i feel like i will and then he gets to be a sparkle star again everyone Oh, it's beautiful. Then we find out about the scarecrow because everything goes to shit. All the magic is gone for some reason that I can't remember. They're falling (laughs) down a hill and the scarecrow decides that uh, he's going to put his post into the ground to stop the, the raft from going over the mountain. And of course that grinds the post down and then it breaks it in half and stuff. And Hmm. Sophie's like, oh my gosh, we'll get you a new post. And then she kisses that scarecrow because he saved her life. That turnip head, that turnip head she doesn't even like. And then he turns into the missing prince that apparently is the origination of the war that's happening right now. So Sophie has also ended the war. The prince is going to go home and be like, dad, stop being a fool. We need to talk about this though. Okay. Because what does it is true love's kiss because he yeah. loves her. And he's like, oh, but you're with Howl. So I'm going to mm. peace out to my kingdom. I'll get over you. Wait, what? No, he doesn't what? say that. He no, says, I'll like, be back because hearts change. Yeah. It's he's cool. like, don't worry, girl. You'll get sick of him and I'll be there to swoop in. Oh, no. I read that as I, I will get over you. Hearts, my heart will change is what I read that as. That's oh. really interesting. Oh. I read that as you, you love him. So I will take myself I, away and I will. I think oh. my, inter- uh, my interpretation break was, the tie. <laughs> I think that he's saying, no, she's definitely my soulmate. She's going to be my princess. I'll come back and try again, but we know it won't make any difference because she's chosen how and, oh. 
it's it's just too good. It's and she's got she's got silver starlight hair now, mm-hmm. and how yeah. is really into the silver starlight into hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, I think Christian Bale, just the way he says "beautiful," like it should be illegal. Agreed. <laughs> Except say it all the time forever. Also, and I don't know how those two things can exist at the same time, but like that's the world I live in right now. Yeah. And so then they all go flying off as a big happy family on their now air castle with it's got like a yard even and it's Marco got a gets yard. Oh, well, they have a dog now. They need that. So they have adopted they have the witch at the waist. You yes. Know, she's sitting out there. So she, we know that she's going to be okay. And <gasps> they have a dog and they have an eight year old boy who gets to be an eight year old boy. So they have to have a yard. Mm-hmm. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just everybody has a new home. And we see mm. finally a beautiful kiss uh, up on the balcony where she's wearing a, a lovely hat, which she sort mm. of very cutely shields the kiss from the viewer. And they all fly off happily ever after. And it is the most perfect film <gasps> of all time. It has everything, uh, it has magic, it has, you know. It has so much understanding in it and they have mm. all healed. They all got together and healed each other. And I love it. And the world. The end. Mm. Love healed the world too. Yep. Oh. Yeah. So the war's over. We're all okay. We've been, we've been through a lot. We've, we've seen hearts being eaten and yeah. taken out. And we've seen weird cigar smoke rooms and, it We've seen so many everything. hats, yep. so, so many, many hats. hats, so many. Yeah. <laughs> and well, I, I will just s- love it. I will say I wandered into the cult, which is the Heaving Bosoms fan page on Facebook mm-hmm. a couple hours ago and said, hey, uh, who's seen Howl's Moving Castle? What do you think? Give me your opinions. And everybody loves it. Mm. Just an overwhelming, just an outpouring people who cosplayed as Sophie. I've seen pictures of people who, <gasps> so listener, if you're listening, I saw your cosplays. They're gorgeous. Holding little uh, flames as part of their cosplay. Um, people who uh, talked at length about the themes and the first time they mm. watched it. People love this movie all over the place. And I will say the Heaving Bosoms fandom would like a little more sex. They would like a version with open door i'm just putting that out there to the world um but also mel did you know that one of the saint vincent's last year was howell howell (gasps) was one of the saint vincent's really that's yes that was yes oh my god yeah i so there's actually yeah there's a lot of affection for this in the listenership already so listener i hope you've enjoyed this (laughs) i mean his heart literally keeps her warm what's better than a a a hot brick a flaming heart oh my god he's totally saint vincent oh my god i just watching a woman's mind be blown right now (laughs) can you can you even see my eyeballs anymore like no forget it's just all yeah it's just all (laughs) your glasses are shattered uh yeah i feel like we all need to just have a warm shower and go to bed now like yes don't you but feel I hope that everybody's way bedrooms are maximalist i hope we're all going to bed with tapestries and hangings and <laughs> i mean i've never felt better about my rainbow wall sarah after <laughs> seeing that lisa frank bedroom oh i'm obsessed it's, with the, it imagine if you went home with him 
after he played his guitar don't, to you. Don't and he opened that door. me with a good time, Sally. <laughs> he opened that door and he like looks over his shoulder kind of shy and it's like, <gasps> it's a little messy. And then cool. he got, and he's got like jewels hanging from the ceiling. And, <laughs> uh, it's, and maybe it's you're thinking about pulling the cord but then he says that's my girl and you're back i would never leave i would never leave there would be no question in my mind i would be like i don't have to move anything i'm just here now i'm gonna be your personal gargoyle fine i will clean your castle (laughs) yeah unpaid (laughs) whatever you need frankly ah swoon okay so my lady love is Howl's Moving Castle fan art on Instagram. <laughs> there is some good ish on Instagrams. So Ooh. check that out. Okay. My yeah. lady love is springtime, springtime mm. in Australia. Mm. And the fact that I planted over 120 bulbs in my garden mm. and they're all starting to come up. And very soon I'm going to have this maximalist Howl's Moving Castle garden filled with 120 flowers of tulips and daffodils and gladioli. And I'm so excited for you. I'm creating my own Howl's um, flower garden for Mm -hmm. myself. Um, Mm -hmm. So I just need a a water wheel for the side of my house. Oh my gosh. I'm, Where oh. can we see that on your social medias when the time is right? Mm-hmm. When the, mm-hmm. when everything is just at peak springtime, I'll just dazzle you all with photos oh my of God. my garden. I'm so excited. Mm. Yeah. My plan next year um, is to tackle the front. I'm going to English garden the fuck out of my front yard. Anyway. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. I just want my grass to stay alive. Um, my lady love, because I'm always the TV bitch, is uh, this newest season of What We Do in the Shadows, which is giving us a confident, sexy Guillermo, and I can't handle it. I can't handle it. He's he is he's got confidence. He's got swagger. He smiles at the camera sometimes, and I just have to sit quietly and think for a little bit. I, I mean, his maybe all of his, his money embezzling, he's embezzled just, you know, he's, he's bought himself a few new fits and he looks fantastic. Ooh. He's turned into the Godfather. He's turned into Tony Soprano. He's taken care of his people. He's bribing cameramen. Oh, he's doing it. He's doing oh it. So gosh. yeah, this season is fantastic. Agree. Uh, Yay. Uh, FX on Hulu. What we do in the shadows. Start with season one. It's a fast watch. You'll love it. Mm-hmm. Start with the movie. I'm just giving you homework, left and right, listener. Oh, I love it. All right, Sally. Where can they find you on on the internet? Well, they shouldn't find me on the internet at all because that's just wasting time when I should be writing another book. But fair. I guess if you type in Sally Thorne author wherever you are, except TikTok, you'll probably stumble upon me. Um, and I hope everybody can read Howl's Moving Castle. It is an absolute masterpiece by Diana mm-hmm. Wynne Jones. And uh, it's incredible. Yeah. And maybe read um, Angelica Frankenstein makes her match on it's out September, September 6th. 6th. Yeah. Yeah. So you can I think it's going to do a thing. Right I hope. I hope it's going to be just like something so different and what everyone's 
waiting for either Hell that yeah. or it's going to go terribly and we'll never speak of it again but nope. no it's uh, the perfect spooky season romance it people is. are going to eat it up spooky season love it's it's really it's atmospheric and swoony and completely so sharp and funny and unexpected mm-hmm. ah thanks guys it's so nice i guess that's yeah. lady love part two <laughs> i i mean sure yeah absolutely <laughs> I, I thought that was a given <laughs> All right. So thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. Sarah, thank you for joining me. Yay. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Sally, I just love you so much. Okay. I'm, I'm back to being cool again. We're cool. We're chill. I know, it's cool. I know. It's fine. We're, it's we're fine. just we're keeping it so cool over here. Oh my God. <laughs> we're, we're all just hell buddies now. We're all just hell yeah. fangirls. It's mm-hmm. we're all, we're all in this together. Thank you for having me. And yeah. uh, always a pleasure. I can't wait to do it again someday. Yeah, so I think we need to keep being a badass and love ourselves as much as we love. Howl in a towel? Ah, Howl in a towel. Nailed it. Oh, nailed it. Incredible. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.